Hey everyone, Matt Lowe here. Welcome to the 54th episode of Bouncing Back, a video series meant to give people who have been laid off to COVID-19 an opportunity to sell themselves to new employers in the ad industry. And this is the 28th episode as part of my partnership with the Avail List, an unbelievable website that spotlights all the amazing talent in the ad industry who are ready to get back out there and get to work. For this episode, we have Andy Halleck, who is most recently the executive producer at a CGI company called MacVision. And before that, he was a VP executive producer at McCann in Detroit for, you know, around 11 years. Andy, really happy to have you here. No, it's, thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. And thank you. And I want to say thanks to the Availists. It's an amazing thing you guys are doing, in, especially right now. But overall, as a just a service in general, this is amazing. So thank you guys for having me. Yeah, of course. And I can speak for, you know, the Availists. We're happy to, to do our part and try and help people, you know, land jobs. So for you and anyone else interested, you know, reach out. But maybe start off just by telling everyone, you know, how you're dealing with the pandemic, where you're quarantining and how you've been keeping busy the last few months. Well, it's uh, it, it's not been too bad, really. I mean, the whole quarantine thing, I'm, I'm a people person, so I like to be around people. So that's been t tough. Zoom is not the same as being in, in person. But, you know, I'm in a house in the suburbs of Detroit. Um, I was when I was still working, I was still doing a lot of meetings with folks in New York. And I'm, I felt really bad for them because they're in a tiny little apartment in New York and they got to get in a, in a elevator full of people just to like take the dog out or to get food or like so for me you know I put maybe 100 miles on my car a month because I'm only going to the liquor store and the grocery store okay. because like you can, you're not supposed to go anywhere so um but no truly it's, it, it, it could be a lot worse um it's I would love to be in the office but you know uh, I'm, I'm surviving it's good yeah I like you know Liquor and, and back home are probably the, uh, the only places to be going. Right. Tell everyone about, you know, yourself, how you broke into the industry. You know, you have a long career. How do you get into production? Did you start in production? Kind of your road into, you know, where you are today. It's, um, it's a very crazy journey. You know, I, I feel like things find you. You don't find them. Um, in fact, this opportunity found me somehow. And, and we don't need to go into that now. But I actually started in pre-med. I was, I was in med school. Um, for a little while and I was putting myself through school so I didn't have a lot of money. So I started a, a night job driving typography around. So that shows you how old and how long I've been in the business. Typography, you know, for you kids, Adobe Photoshop put that out of business. So, um, and so in driving the type around, I would meet creatives and the people who are, are marking up the, the, you know, the comps. And when a mat room job opened up, they called me and asked if I wanted to change. And I thought, well, it's a big change, but it's a real job with a real salary. And so what I'll do is I will save up money for three or four years and then I'll quit and I'll have a bunch of money. So I won't have to worry about funding in, in finishing my school. But then after about a year in the mat room, I got bored and I started to move into other things. And, and, you know, I got into tagging and then from tagging, I got into editing and then from the editing producing and, so it just sort of grew from there, like, and I've just been stepping through production on the agency side ever since, until the CGI company came up. Yeah, Macavision, it's called, and they're headquartered in Stuttgart, but they have an office here in Troy. And when that opportunity came up, I thought, you know, I've been producing, and it was the EP over at, at McCann for a really long time. So I was managing those producers and the freelancers and hiring them. And I thought, well, this would be an interesting little perspective shift, a little peak behind the curtain as it were like I've been in those rooms a lot of my life but what happens behind the curtains I wasn't fully aware of so 
this was a really amazing personal growth couple of years for me, seeing how the artists are managed and how the job flow works and all that kind of stuff. So it's been great. Um, so that's a little bit, I, you know, I, I grew up doing it. I didn't, I didn't go to a, a film school to, to learn it. I actually like learned on set everything I know pretty much. Yeah, but sometimes learning right in the fire actually is more beneficial than you know, going to the schools and learning it that way. Yeah, for me, well, it, it just didn't present. So that's, that's the way my life went and you got to go with it. Yeah, it seems to you know have worked out. I love the starting a pre-med and somehow ended up here, but it's great. Exactly. What clients have you worked on? And you know, where else have you worked? Was it only, you know, McCann and MacVision, or have you been anywhere else on the on the road? Well, I started at Leo in Detroit. They had a small office in Detroit um, on Oldsmobile. Um, and in fact, that was their bread and butter account. So the day before I got married, Oldsmobile put us up for review. So the next couple of months after I got back from my honeymoon, I almost never saw my wife in the house that I bought. And then uh, came the, the meeting where they said, good news and bad news. Good news is we kept the account. Bad news is we're going to service it out of Chicago. So luckily I was invited to move to Chicago. So we, we, we moved there. And in Chicago, it was amazing because <clears throat> the, the client list was huge. So that's the one thing that's interesting for me being a producer in Detroit, most of us are really, really car heavy. Yeah. And I have years and years of, of, of car shooting, but I also worked on McDonald's. I worked on Fruit of the Loom. I worked on Tropicana. I worked on um, uh, PGA uh, Golf. Um, what else? And then even when I moved back, so we started to have kids in Chicago and I was traveling a lot, right? I mean, it's the life of a producer. You're, yeah. you're out of town a lot, but traveling that much, with no family support, with the with the little one, you know, it was starting to get really difficult. So um, I, I moved back the family when I got a job at Darcy here back in Detroit, where I got to work on like Dow and and a couple of other um, a couple of other interesting accounts that that might not be necessarily car related. It was cool work. Um, and then weird things happen. So my resume looks a little crazy because Leo then got in a partnership with Darcy and which called BCom3. And then that turned into publicists buying all of that out, which turned into Darcy becoming chemistry and then becoming Leo Burnett. So it looks like I left Leo Burnett, but then I'm, well, I'm back at Leo. And so, you know, looking at my resume, it's a little rough to follow. So, and then I was at Leo Burnett for, for a while working on there and then left there to go to McCann. And so that's my career. So. Not many agencies. I mean, a lot. I know a lot of people bounce around much more than 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 I have, but it's been really interesting. For me, it's been every move has been a really positive career move. I love meeting people and and, and finding new uh, new clients to work on. It's been great. Yeah, I think that's a testament to you. You know, yeah, most people kind of bounce around pretty frequently, but you know, the ones who stay at, at places for a while, it's a testament to you know how they work, the relationships they build. So, you know, I've been at BBDO for a little more than five years, but you know kind of what you were saying, the long stints at places are, are actually quite impressive and kind of leads me to my next question. You know, you went from agency to a more of a CGI company in your next role. Are you looking to, you know, make another shift or want to go back to agency? What are you thinking, you know, your next role will look like? Well, it's interesting because having this additional CGI background, I mean, it, it opens up a little bit more of my, my scope. Um, if it had not been for these for, the, for that exposure, I would have probably just simply looked at agencies. And I would love an agency job, by the way. I mean, 
<clears throat> if it comes, that'd be great. You know, if it's in an agency like an EP or head of production kind of job would be amazing. Freelance also I'd be open for that in the short term, especially like, but I also, this, this has been interesting. If, if a CGI company came to me, I would absolutely seriously look into it. So I'm, I'm not pigeonholed into only wanting to go into agency production again. I, 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 I would do either. Right. Yeah. I think that's important. Now I've, I've interviewed a, a bunch of people and yeah, you know, they have kind of the ideal situation, but also in, in this job environment, you know, they're open to, to whatever comes their way and, you know, can be a little picky, but for the most part, you know, if there's something there and they're interested, kind of bite right on it. Mm-hmm. Again, I was pre-med. I had nothing to do with this. I, I didn't know you could make a living at this until after I started working. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy to whatever presents and, and looks like a good fit. I'm in. Yeah, that's great. Do you have a favorite project you've worked on? And maybe as a producer, a favorite location you've traveled to because of said project? Yeah, you know, it's one of the things that I love about producing or I loved about producing was, you know, you get so into so many interesting places that I would never have access to on my own. And then meeting in- interesting people. I had in an interview one time, they asked what my favorite part was. And for me, it's the eclectic group of people, first of all amazing groups of people that jump come together out of nowhere for production and then you all go somewhere that's kind of wacky i mean a lot of times for instance i was in rome shooting the launch of the aveo for the european market and we were there because it was supposed to be average 55 degrees in decent weather and on the day of the pre-pro it started snowing so we're in the pre-pro watching it snow out the windows by the time we get outside, the snow started to pile up. And on the cobblestone, it's kind of dangerous. Yeah. And as it turned out, since the beginning of recorded weather in Rome, they had never seen a snowfall that heavy and last so long. So we had to push the shoot like three days because of snow days in Rome. I mean, they, they literally, it was a, a state of emergency. They shut all of Rome down. So I have some really interesting pictures of me walking by the Colosseum in the street because they weren't, they weren't allowing any kind of motorized vehicle in, in the city center. So, I mean, things like that have been amazing for me. So it, it, it's opened up a lot of opportunities I would never have found on my own by any stretch. Yeah, and I think as a producer, you kind of have to get comfortable with those type of scenarios where, like, it is never known ever, and you yep. have to think and figure it out. Yeah, I love that. Like, I remember early in my career when I was, you know, when I was much younger and wasn't sure how to answer these questions, it was, like, 60% chance of rain the next day. Again, it was a, it was a GM shoot and the creatives are looking at me like, what are we going to do? What are we like, I, I can't, I can't manage the weather. Let's go to bed and see what it looks like in the morning and we'll figure it out from there. I mean, we've, you know, overreacting doesn't help production. So what I've learned is that you just need to really assess what's in front of you and make smart decisions, decisions based on what you have. But, you know, I was in Argentina shooting and again, it was like, biblical rain people carrying their their worldly possessions on one hand and holding a rope water up to here and the crew was like hey we got to cancel tomorrow i'm like i got nowhere else to go and either way the client's spending money so let's just wake up and see what it looks like and it was a beautiful sunny amazing morning and and everybody looked at me like i was god i mean it was like you know not that i'm smart i'm just saying like yeah it's all you can do yeah all you can do is what's given what's put in front of you so i don't know yeah, I think, I mean, that's the challenging or one of the challenging parts of being a producer. You know, you have everyone kind of looking at you for answers and sometimes with weather, you don't have an answer. Let's wait and see and hopefully it works. And if not, we'll, we'll figure it out. 
We'll figure it out. That's all you can do. Absolutely. What would agencies be getting if they did reach out and hire you, whether it's full-time or freelance and maybe not agencies, but a production company you know, reaches out? Well, years of experience for one thing. I mean, <clears throat> I've been on so many uh, sets and, and locations that I can't even remember. I, I wish I would have followed some sort of protocol when I was a kid and started writing them down. I, I started taking photos of some, but experience is, is really necessary. What I found when I was young at a producer in, in Chicago is that the older uh, producers were always, you know, kicking their, kicking back and their feet up and they're reading the wall street journal and I'm running around like crazy. And then what I found is that, well, first of all, we were better staffed back then. We're much leaner now, but the thing is that I can get in more done now in an hour than I could back then in five hours, just because I know who to call, where to go, where, what trails are dead ends now. It just, it, with experience comes a lot of this background knowledge that, you know, I had a, a mentor of mine who was in New York and he always used to say, you can't teach or you, you can't fake experience. And I just happened to have been in a lot of those scenarios. So I have the experience to deal with clients and deal with, with uh, crazy things that can happen on set. So. Yeah, I think really important to, to not only know how to navigate those things, but know how to navigate them based off experience. Because mm-hmm. you get thrown a lot of curveballs as a, as a producer and having done it before and, and doing it just makes it easier. And you never know where the, the curveball is going to come. You know, it could be music, it could be casting, it could be maybe the cars don't show up in times, something like that, or you lose a location at the last second. So just being flexible and being a, helping to be a creative problem solver rather than part of the crazy, worrisome group that possibly could, you know, come off of a situation like that. You've got to be calm and, and find the right solutions. Yeah, definitely. Do you, you know, what do you think productions are going to look like after, you know, COVID? Do you think we'll get back to where we were before or video? Um, you know, thing in the past? I think they were shifting before COVID and I think COVID is pushing them into a much leaner profile as it is. I mean, <clears throat> budgets will come back, I think, probably not like 70s, 80s, 90s style, but look, but, but it's gonna take a while. I think budgets will be leaner, therefore crews are gonna be leaner, therefore, you know, we're gonna have to be a little bit more creative in what we're trying to deliver. Um, I don't know how long it takes people to feel super comfortable being on a set with 75 people and, and putting a family of, for completely strange, you know, strangers together to pretend like they're a family. I don't know when that happens again. It's, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch. I think we're going to have to, we're going to have to be careful about that because nobody wants to get into to trouble, certainly by jumping in too quickly. Yeah, I've done a few Zoom Zoom shoots over the past few months, and and they're interesting. Surprisingly, they they work better than I thought. I miss you know the craft service table, but I get a little <laughs> bowl of trail mix and it, it does the job. Yeah, no kidding. In fact, there's a really good friend of mine who runs a post house in Chicago, and he said that they're surprised by how smoothly the Zoom edits are going too. They expected, you know, because creatives always really wanted to be in the room, and I totally, I, I agree with that. Like, but right now that's impossible. So it, they're they're shocked at how well and and adjusted a lot of the creative process is happening. But will that jump right back? You know, as soon as we're comfortable coming back together will people still want to be in the room or not that's it's gonna be interesting to watch i can't i'm not a soothsayer on that I, I, we'll, we'll see yeah it's gonna be interesting i'm sure now there are a lot of 
editors and directors who are happy to be shooting or editing and not having a creative, you know, breathing over their neck, trying to, you know, do this, shoot this way, edit this way. So I think giving them their creative freedom and, and letting them do that is, has, yeah, worked out. And I wonder, like you said, does it go back to normal right when everything ends or, you know, because this has worked, people kind of keep, keep doing it this way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you like doing outside of work? Well, I've got two boys and so, you know, helping them maintain, you know, uh, a sane existence is, is difficult. You know, they're, they're a little bit older. In fact, my oldest, I helped move into his house during COVID. He had a, he had a baby during COVID and I moved into a house during COVID. So all of that's been interesting. Um, and my youngest actually has taught himself how to play guitar during COVID. Um, so just helping them, you know, manage their lives and, and, and keeping them straight and all that stuff has been fantastic. And, you know, my wife and I, clearly we've had more time than we used to. So we've been doing a lot more walking around and, and seeing people and visiting with folks just on the street, you know, staying away, but uh, not in-house, but, you know, on the street. Right. So so that's been amazing. Just having a lot more time to be together has been great. Yeah, well, congrats on uh, being a grandfather, moving him into a house, all a uh, silver lining in this kind of COVID weird, weird world we're in. Mm-hmm. I guess the last question for me is if there's, you know, a dream client agency brand you know, out there that you want to give a little shout out to. You know, I've thought about that a lot because I've seen that, that question, but I don't really have a dream agency I, that, I, that I'm just dying to go to. I think that they all have what I've seen in the, in the places I've been, they all have really good pieces and, and pieces that maybe you wish you could, you could make better. And I just want to go somewhere that I can feel like I, I can help make it more smoothly run or, or, you know, I just want to mentor people. I want, I want to be someplace that I can help. I can be part of the solutions and not just, you know, put in a position and then, and then put off to the side. And as far as um, products, I've, I've worked on so many and I've done, you know, I've done Super Bowl commercials. I've done free um, pitch videos. I've, you know, I've worked on the whole range of, of budgets and, and crazy amounts of clients. So I don't really have one client that I wish I would score right now. You know, it's, it's, um, again, everything has its silver moment. You just got to find it. I worked on an auto show video for the Tokyo auto show back many years ago, and it was so underfunded and, you know, the creatives and I just looked at it as a great opportunity. By the time we put it together, the agency put it on the reel. Yeah. You know, nobody wanted to get near it at the beginning. When we were done with it, man, people were all over the place asking how we did it, you know? So, I mean, those are the kinds of things I love to do. So, uh, you know, it, it's not an answer to your question, but so I apologize. No, I mean, no, no right answer to that one. And I like that train of thought of, yeah, there isn't necessarily a dream client. It could be, you know, like you said, it doesn't have to be the, the best project ever, but you make it great. And then everyone kind of wishes that they were, you know, involved in it. So whatever it's, the opportunity is, you know. There. It's like the PSAs, right? PSAs are super underfunded, but they win a lot of awards because you have to be really creative in solutioning, right? Everybody does. The creatives have to be you know, uh, understand exactly what they can do for the money. And the, and the producers are asking for, uh, for help from everybody, vendors and stuff, you know, those, those are the kinds of really cool things. And, that, and that's why they can be really interesting and win awards because, you know, a million dollars at a bad idea is still a bad idea. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So hopefully someone reaches out and yet gives you the opportunity to, to get your hands dirty. Sounds terrific. Yeah, thanks so much for you know being willing to to do something like this. Well, again, Matthew, thank you for reaching out. It's been amazing, and and 
you know, what you're doing is, is fantastic for everybody. I appreciate everything that you're doing. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for hopping on. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Um, uh, my email is andy.hallick1 at gmail.com or my LinkedIn. Just look up uh, Andy Hallick and you can, you can find my stuff there. Great. Well, you know, good luck. And, and thanks so much again for doing this. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. And that's a, a wrap for the 54th episode of Bouncing Back. You know, anyone who may want to sell themselves to recruiters looking for talent in the ad industry, have them shoot me an email at malow930 at gmail.com. And you can now check out these episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts under Bouncing Back in Advertising. Thanks a lot. Thank you.